0: the entire month of april can i encourage you this morning you need to put april on your calendar the first weekend in april here is going to be huge two weeks after that is going to be the easter weekend and good friday that's going to be huge april is going to be a whole other level here at camelback you do not want to miss any sunday in april We're in the middle of a series for the 23rd Psalm. I would encourage you, you can take these with you, take as many as you want, put it on your mirror uh, when you're getting ready in the mornings. For me, this is a little bit difficult to read, but some of you are younger than I am, so you won't have any trouble at all reading it. I encourage you, I encourage all of us to memorize the 23rd Psalm. It is the most popular psalm ever, and uh, uh, there is so much in there. The good shepherd wants to lead us, and there's such clarity in there. That's why we're taking seven weeks to stop and talk about this, and I'd encourage you if you missed some of the weeks, pick them up on on our podcast. The reality is, is we make choices in life. Life is a series of choices. When we make good choices, we live in the benefit of good choices and we succeed. When we make bad choices, we live in the consequences of our choices and and succeeding is not what happens in the areas of our lives that we make bad choices. And that is the reality of life. We make good decisions and we make bad decisions. And decisions have Consequences and the potential for error is great. Do you know why? Because we are human and we are imperfect. And, and if, I were, if I were to stop this morning and we would just create this huge circle and we would go around that circle one by one, and I were to ask you for your top three horrible choices, every one of us would be able to give our top three horrible choices and some of us this morning you may be distrug- you may be struggling with with a decision that you have to make where do i move what, what what do i do about my job where do i get a job where where do i find a wife where do i find a husband how can i get rid of my wife <laughs> now, 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 that's not from scripture so don't don't What school do I put my kids in? And indecision is, is, is one of the greatest sources of stress in our lives. Should I hold on? Should I let go? Should I keep doing what I'm doing or should I change what I'm doing? And James, the brother of Jesus, says a double-minded man is unstable in all that he does. Unstable. A double-minded man unstable in all that he does and in the Greek in the original language he, here's, here's, the, here's what it tells us as, as a description of unstable he says a stagger he says staggering like a drunk is anybody more unstable than a staggering drunk? He doesn't know what direction he's going in. He doesn't know what's sure, what's right. He doesn't know anything. And the brother of Jesus, James, says, if you're double-minded, that's how unstable you are. With decisions, we're pulled in different directions. And then we make a decision, and then we second-guess our decision. And... We find ourselves in pain because of our decisions. What's the antidote to all of this? The antidote to all of this is to be willing to follow the good shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. I have everything I need. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me along beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me In the right paths for His name's sake. You don't want to be on the wrong path, and every path has a destination. And God has given us a roadmap. He's given us His Bible as a roadmap, and He's given us a compass because you need to know the directions you're going in. The compass that He's given us is our conscience. He's given us the roadmap. He's given us a compass and he has also given us an internal GPS system called his Holy Spirit he's given us his children the benefit of all that Do you know why God does not want you to mess up your life and when we mess it up what he wants to do is he wants to restore it bring it back to its original purpose God is a good God. He has plans for your life. And his plans for your life, he wants you to understand. And so he's given us a roadmap. And he's given us a compass. And he's given us his Holy Spirit. This message this morning is, am I going to waste my life? Am I going to spend my life? Or am I going to invest my life? Those are the choices. And in the 23rd Psalm he says he restores my soul. He restores my soul. When things get messed up what is he his desire is to restore it. And if you're taking notes this morning what does that mean? My soul what you say James what is my soul? My soul is my mind, it's my will, and it's my emotions. That's what your soul is. It's, it's, actually, it's actually the process that you have to think and the process that you and I have to choose. You see, with my mind, I think. And with my will, I choose. And with my emotions, I feel. My mind, my will, and my emotions. And in all of us, all three of these can get damaged Your mind can get damaged. Your will can get damaged. They say he's lost his will to or she's lost her will to to carry on. It can get damaged. Our emotions can get damaged. But his desire is to restore us. Is to restore us. And then he leads me in the right paths. I want to focus on that this morning. And if you have never felt led by God, that is a problem if see so how are we led by God leads us in so many ways and we'll, we'll talk we'll talk about that I mean, We we can be here in a Sunday morning service and, and 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 just in the message there's something that becomes so clear to you or to me and, and we recognize that God is leading us Amen. see one of the proofs that you have a relationship with God that you're a part of his family is that he is leading you look what he look what he says and Paul says in Romans chapter 8 verse 14 only those people who are led by God's spirit are God's children he leads his children If we're going to follow the shepherd, if we're going to to allow the shepherd be the one who leads us, there are five things this morning I want to talk about quickly that we have to stop doing. And when we stop doing those five things, there are five other things that we need to start doing. And if you and I are willing to do this, then we can have absolute confidence, absolute confidence that the creator of the universe is leading our lives in an individual and in a powerful way. Let me me go through these with you quickly. If if we want to be led by the, the shepherd, we have to stop being led by, number one, a culture that doesn't follow God. We cannot lead a culture that is not following God be the thing that leads us. You see, you can't run in two directions at the same time. You just can't do that. It is virtually impossible. Jesus said you can't serve God and money at the same time. You can't do it. There can only be one number one. And and he he goes on to, and and if just because everybody else is doing it doesn't mean I should do it. That was Israel's problem for 4,000 years. Over and over again, they would look at other nations and they would want to be like other nations and God would say, no, no, no. I don't want you to be like other nations. You are my chosen people. I want you to be different. And they went through this cycle over and over again. And and, and they would, would go, they would wander, and then they would come back. Too many believers accept standards for their lives because they're politically correct, because they're culturally correct, or just because everybody is doing it. Paul writes this letter to the Romans in chapter 12, verse 2. Do not copy the behavior or values of this world. Instead, let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Underline the word think. Because I've said this over and over again. The way you think determines the way you feel. And the way you feel determines the way you act. And the way you act determines what you do. And then in this passage of scripture, he goes on. He says, then you will know what God wants you to do. And you will know how good, underline good. You got to underline it. uh, Underline good. You will know how good and pleasing, underline pleasing. And you will know how perfect. Yeah, you got to underline that too. His will really is. Because God's will for you is not bad. God's will for you is good. God's will for me is good. His plans for your life are good, not bad. He says pleasing. That means his plans for your life are enjoyable. He, he gave you this life because he wants you to enjoy it. Does that mean you'll never have pain? No, no, you're going to have, pain is a part of, It's a broken world in case you don't know it. And pain is a part of this broken world. But in Romans 8, 28, he says, I'm going to take, no matter what you're going through, good, bad, ugly, all I'm going to take it and I'm going to use it for your best Amen. and for my glory, he says. Pleasing. But James, you know, you, you, you can be on the wrong side of the culture. I gotta tell you something, our culture is temporary. It is not permanent. There's nothing, you, you know, you, you can, it's style, our styles come in and they go out. I mean, styles are just ever changing. You, there's nothing more worthless than last year's styles. <laughs> I, am I right? I, I mean, you know, we, we've watched it. I grew up and my grandfather had these really wide ties. And it was in the 60s, and I had really skinny ties. And and then some years went by, and, and then I was wearing these medium side ties. And then the style changed so much that my ties were getting fat. And Wes started wearing these skinny little ties. If you hold on to this stuff for 30 years, you'll be okay. But good God, who has closets like that? And the hemlines, the hemlines go up. In the 60s, the hemlines went way up. And we, we, the miniskirt, miniskirt, by the way, was, was uh, invented by a guy named Seymour Heine, okay? Um, <laughs> miniskirts, miniskirts go up and, and hemlines go down. And, and there's just ever, ch- it's, it's all changing. You, you can't hang your life on that stuff. James, you're, you're on the wrong side of history. Yeah, I, What's important is to be right. Is to be right. Is to be following his word. History can be wrong. You ever heard of Nazism? You heard of communism? Our entire world would be speaking German now if Nazism had taken over. Communism would have torn our world apart. I must stop being led. And then I, number two, I must also stop being led by friends who aren't led by God. Let me just talk about this for a minute. See, if, if my friends, thank you, Bill, I appreciate that. If, if, if my friends are going opposite to what God is saying, then I need to be careful not to let them influence where I am going. Some of us don't hear God's will because we're so tied up with the will of our friends for our lives. But, James, you got to be more open minded. Some people are so open minded that their brains fall out. <laughs> we are watching that in parts of our culture what does the bible have to say about look at first john chapter 3 verse 7 by the way john the apostle wrote the gospel of john there's matthew mark luke and john john wrote the gospel of john and then later on john writes these three letters first john second john third john same author same guy look what he writes here in first john chapter 3 do not let anyone lead you the wrong way christ is righteous so be like christ you must do what is right and anyone who keeps on sinning is being led by the devil. John is saying, listen, there are two options here. You're either going to be led by Christ or you're not. There's no, there's no middle of the road here. And let me, let me say this to guys because I, I just think at times as men, we need, to be, we need to be challenged. One of your biggest needs in life, Men, one of your biggest needs in life, no matter what the age of your children are right now, one of your biggest needs in life is you want the respect of your grown-up children. You want to live a life, and I I don't know a man that doesn't want that. You, you, You want, when you hit the point that your kids are adult, you want to be in a place where they have your respect. How does that play play out in light of some of the decisions that you are making right now? I I believe we need need to think about that. Because every destination, every path has a destination. And that's the destination, guys, that we want to go to. That's, that's where we want to end. Will you say, with well, James, is too late? No, it's never too late. Because you know why? Because what he wants to do is he wants to restore. Amen. He wants to restore. Stop being led by friends who aren't being. Well, James, are you saying that I shouldn't have any friends who are not believers? Absolutely not. God wants you to have friends who are non-believers. As a matter of fact, he turns to you and I, and he says, I want you to be my spokesperson to your friends. He says, I want you to love this world. I don't want you to love its values, but I want you to love this world. I want you to love the people in this world. And as a church, we so often get that flipped upside down. We, we want to love the values that the world has and, and we just want to hate the people because of the things they're doing. And we actually get this wrong. We dislike the people and we embrace their values. Number three, don't be led by other sources besides God. In other words, don't, let, don't be led by education alone. Don't don't be led by Hollywood alone. Don't be led by the politicians. Don't be led by religion, he says. Don't be led by the business world. It's it's not Oprah who we should be listening to. It, It actually is the owner's manual we should be listening to. The creator, the one who made us and created us. And it's interesting, he says, when you you let other people, listen to this, when you let other people tell you how to live, you're actually letting them be idols in your life. Idols. And and there are other sources. I I know people who who pray to God and and they read their horoscope and they do them like they both matter at the same time. I, huh? that, that's, it's kind of like believing in reincarnation in heaven at the same time you see in reincarnation what, what you believe is that when you die you come right back as something else right away so if I die I'm going to come back right away as a dog and then when that dog dies I'm going to come back right away as, as a cat and that's okay if you believe this I just don't believe this I, come, I might come back as a cat I'm sorry if you come back as a cat, but that's a whole other story. <laughs> and, and, and so we, we could actually, and, and, but at the same time we believe in heaven. You can't, you can't believe this and believe in heaven. They, 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 it's just two different, that's different. But yet sometimes we, we believe that. And then there's, you know, palm reading and tea leaves and crystal ball and tarot cards and horoscopes and, and the psychic hotline. Here you go. Uh-huh. When you call the psychic hotline, if they ask you for your credit card, you should hang up right away. Because if they were, uh, if they were really the psychic hotline, they would already know your credit card number. I mean, I mean, I mean if they know, they know. If they don't, they don't. Uh, James, you're pushing this too far. I know. We're just having fun with it. Or are we? To make Bill happy, Deuteronomy chapter 18, never look to psychics or seances or fortune telling or the stars or people who claim to have contact with the dead. People who do these things are doing evil and God hates it with a passion. So we need to be careful who we're letting influence our lives. Number number four, stop being led by circumstances. Well, I missed the plane. Must be God's will. (laughs) Here's some information, okay, in case you don't know this. Airplanes leave on time or late. They don't ever leave early. So it's not God's will. You just need to get your act together and get there on time. It it must be God's will. Traffic was heavy. It must be God's will. The offering plate skipped my row. It must be God's will. I I, I need to behave. How many times have, have we stepped through an open door only to find out that it was a trap door? How many times have we believed something and, 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 the, and, the, and, and, and it ended up not being what we thought? We went by the circumstances. In your notes, I put a passage of Scripture, Acts 27. You need to read that whole story. Read that whole chapter. This is a story where Paul, he's actually, he, he's, he's a prisoner. He's a prisoner because he was preaching the gospel. And they're taking him to Rome. And Paul who is led by God. Because in his time in prayer with God that morning, God says to him, tell them not not to take this ship, not to get on this voyage today, because if they do, there's going to be a storm, and it's not going to end good. And God reveals this to Paul. And Paul speaks to the captain and the sailors. And look what Paul says. He says, men, if we sail now, this voyage will be a disaster. We'll lose the ship, we'll lose the cargo, and maybe even our own lives. And as this thing is playing out, there, a breeze happens. And the sailors and the captains think, this is just what we've been waiting for. And, and they ignore Paul's warning. And they take Paul and they get on this ship and they go on this journey. And they're thinking it's going to be smooth sailing. And this chapter tells the whole story. A typhoon whips up and everything gets out of control. And the ship is lost. And and the cargo is... And just read the whole story. Because the reality is they went by their circumstances when they had clear direction from God and they ignored it. David, the king of Israel, up on his roof looking at his empire... And off on another roof, one of his warrior's wives was out there bathing. And David, led by the circumstances, you know the story, commits adultery, commits murder. There's there's a huge amount more pain that goes along with that whole story by following the circumstances. Number five, stop being led by my feelings. I need to stop being led by my feelings. We go to Disneyland and we are as happy as can be because it's the happiest place on earth. And we're taking the family to the car and we start thinking about all the money that we spent. And that feeling goes away. It happens with good feelings and it happens with bad feelings. There's depression You may may be depressed for a day. You may be discouraged. Listen, uh, no feeling, no feeling can continue at the same level for a long period of time. Whether it's good and it's bad. When we need to remember that, Proverbs 14, 12 says, You may feel you're on the right road and still end up dead. How about that? But I know you've got a peaceful, easy feeling. You know, it won't let you down. Isaiah 53, chapter 6 says, we've all strayed away like sheep. We have left God's path to follow our own. Bless you. Why did we leave God's path and follow our own? Because we felt like it. We felt like it. We've all strayed away like sheep, Isaiah said. So how do I let the shepherd lead me? Let's look at these five things quickly. How do I let the good shepherd lead me? And I want you to write these down. These are so important. Number one, you must want to be led. You must really want the good shepherd to lead you, some of us we, we don't get to that place until we go through a horrible situation in life, and, and some of us we we find it, and God comes to us in another way, and, and I, I don't know, I don't know about you, but has anyone ever held your head under water so long that you desperately wanted air? Have you ever been so hungry that the hunger pains were so overwhelming that, that you wanted food so bad? I believe that's where you really need to, to come to get to this place where you really want him to lead. Psalm, Psalm 40 verse 8 says, my God, I want to do what you want. Amen. I want your teachings in my heart. Amen. I really want it. You, to, to, you have to really want the shepherd to lead you. Amen. And when you really want him to lead you, he will lead you. Number two, if I want the shepherd to lead, I must be willing to do what he says. And I got to tell you, this is not a matter of God reveals his will and you decide, do I do it or do I not do it? Not the deal. You and I need to decide ahead of time that whatever his will is, that's what we want. It's it's not getting to choose, I mean, he just doesn't work that way. Look what Jesus says in John 7, 17, whoever is willing to do what God wants and chooses it will know if what I teach comes from God. In other words, if if you really want him to lead you and, and you're willing to do what he says, he will do it. There'll be no, no question about it. The third thing is I must look to his word. I must look to his word. Psalm 119 says, your word is a lamp to guide me and it's a light for my path. You know what's interesting about that passage of scripture? He doesn't say, my word is, is a searchlight that shows you the world ahead of you. He says, my word is a lamp to my footsteps and a light to my path. In other words, he's only going to give you the information for a little bit out in front of you. When you're walking down a path and that path is winding and turning And there are roots for trees coming up or there are rocks in the path or there there are dangers. He's going to make sure that that as as you're following his lead, that he's giving you the light. Every step you take, there will be clarity. As you walk down a path, he will be placing clarity right in front of you. It is a walk of faith. It's a life of faith. It's a life of being led by a shepherd. I must look to his word. God's will is found in his word. When you close his word, he closes his mouth. And some of us, we we want God to reveal his will. We want him to send a plane and sky in the sky what what, what we should do. And some of us, we're we're looking for a word. and, And the reality is we should just be looking for a verse that he's leading us with, and he's promising us with. Most of us as believers, listen, all we need to do is follow what we already know. We already know way more than we apply. That's what we need to do. And his will, by the way, absolutely never contradicts his word. God told me to leave my wife. No, it doesn't say that here. I don't know where you heard that. I don't know what God you're listening to. His will will never contradict his word. Number four, I must ask his spirit to be my guide. Jesus, just before he left, he said, it's good for you that I'm leaving. Think about that. Jesus, it's good for you that I'm leaving, he said. Because when I leave, I'm going to send my spirit. I, I'm going to send my Holy Spirit to live inside of you, to operate inside of you, to be your GPS, to be your guidance counselor. I don't even know if they have those anymore. My, my Holy Spirit is going to direct you. It's going to lead you. The brother of Jesus, James in 4.2, he says, you do not have because you do not ask for it. I got to tell you here's what we need to understand as followers of Christ as his children we need to understand is that he is interested in every area of our lives. He's that interested in every area of our lives. I find myself more and more saying as I'm just walking through the week, Lord, what do I what do I do about that situation? How do I how do I what is it you want me to do here? I had a funeral this past Saturday, Friday, and I, you know through the week I've been undecided about which of two directions to go with with the, my sharing and little message, and, and and then I just clearly felt which way to go, and and after the the after the funeral, a, a, a lady came up to me who clearly was a follower of Christ, just. In a brief conversation, she and her husband, and she said to me, she said, that message was perfect for this group of people. He leads me. He leads you. He leads us. He's our shepherd. He leads us. He guides us. We need to be willing to simply throughout the day, throughout the week, pray for little specific things. Because he wants to do that. Amen. A quick little prayer. Psalm 27. Teach me, Lord, what you want me to do. And lead me down the right path. Amen. We need to ask his Holy Spirit to be our guide. Amen. And, and if, you want, if you want to speed up the process, let me give you two quick little things. If, if, you, want, if you want to turn the gas up on this a little bit. The first thing is ask humbly. Ask in humility. Because God, Psalm 25 says, God guides the humble in what is right. And he teaches them his way. James, the brother of Jesus, says God resists the proud. So when you're proud, you're not humble, obviously. He resists the proud, but he gives his grace to the humble. So you want to speed this process up? Ask humbly. Also ask in faith. James, the brother of Jesus, in chapter 1, verse 5, he says this, If you want to know what God really wants you to do, ask him, and he will gladly tell you, for he is always ready to give bountiful supply of wisdom to all who ask him. Ask in humility and ask in faith. Number five, what do I do? I must listen for his response. i got to tell you, so many of us, the big reason that we don't hear from God is because we ask Him something and then we get up and run away. We, we don't stick around for the answer. We, we, Lord, I need this, and, and we don't wait for an answer. We we don't even be quiet to see if there's good. We don't listen. We don't even pause. We just ask him for something, and then we go on looking for what the solution is, forgetting that we even asked him. I must listen for his response. God, I need to know this, and then not take off. Job 33 says, God does speak, sometimes one way and sometimes another way, and even though people may not understand it, What does he use? He uses the Bible. He uses teachers. He uses pain. He uses impressions. He uses circumstances. But every one of those have got to be tested by his word. We need to bring it into testing. Does it align with scripture? And I want to close with a passage of scripture that that I think is is just, just wonderfully powerful. The children of Israel in slavery in Egypt for years and years and years. And God finally answers their prayer, wants to free them from slavery. So he sends Charlton Heston in, I mean Moses. He sends Moses in. And Moses is leading the children of Israel out of Egypt. And Pharaoh thinks, oh my goodness, I've messed up. Now, he didn't say, oh my God. He said, oh my goodness, because he doesn't really believe in God. So he, he, he says, I've messed up and I really want them still to be my slaves. And so he sends his army after them. And, and, and the children of Israel are coming and they get to this place where in front of them is the Red Sea and on either side are mountains and there is no option in front of them. And some of us, we, we get to this place in life. We're we're at the place where we're thinking there's just no way. The only way out of this is bankruptcy. The only way out of this is divorce. The only way out of this is I'm dealing with cancer. And we need a miracle. And look at this passage of Scripture. It says your road led by a pathway through the sea. See, God chose to have the, this stuff is virtually impossible, but it's what God chose to do. He chose to have the waters part and the children of Israel go right down in on dry land and cross over to the other side. And the enemy followed them right down in because they were focused on their enemy. And they thought that they were going to catch up. And and God says, that." as soon as the last person stepped onto dry land, the waters came back and the army drowned and were just wiped out. And God is saying, listen, there are no options in front of you, but I am God. And whatever the miracle is, I can do it. And he parted the waters. And and he said, a pathway no one knew was there. God has a pathway in front of you and I when we hit impossible times that no one knows is there. And he is our God. And we are his chosen. And what I want us to understand as a church family his love for you and I is so far beyond what we can really understand. But we have just got to believe it and embrace it and love Him back and love everybody around us. If you never accepted Jesus as your Savior, you can do it right now, right where you're sitting. You don't even have to come down and, and say a prayer. to The only thing that you have to do is believe in your heart that Jesus who died on a cross for your sins and my sins and rose from the dead. And that resurrection changed everything. And because of that, he's taken your sin on him. And by believing in him, the Bible says that you will be saved. You know what that means? When you die, you go to heaven. When you leave this planet, you go to heaven. It also means as you live your life here, he is your Lord and Savior and your Master. You can do it right there. And if you do it, tell somebody afterwards. We want to hear about it. Stand with me. Let's sing a song. This is one of my absolute favorite songs. And and I just want to sing it with my church family. Father, bless this time as we worship you. your name we pray. Amen.